You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Jesus Tree, Part 6. Enjoy. So we're in the midst of a series right now at Highway Church called The Jesus Tree. All right? We're talking about our family tree, our supernatural family tree. And you guys know that if you've believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and with your mouth you've said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, that when you did that, the power of the Holy Spirit made your spirit brand new. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's amazing. Your spirit's been made brand new. You are now reborn. You're born from, of God. You're born of the Spirit of God. You're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the reality. And the more you realize that, the stronger you'll get. All right? So we're going to keep moving forward here. Last week we talked about Jesus being the light that we need to see God clearly. Do you remember that? Jesus is the light we need to see who God really is. Because, boy, it can be confusing. Because you can talk to a hundred different people and they'll tell you a hundred different things about God. And probably most of them are wrong. Okay? But if we look at Jesus, we see very clearly who He is. Now, where are we going to look at Jesus at? Hmm? At the mall? Well, we could go into Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Right? Right there, we can see it very clearly in the first five books of the New Testament. And man, we fill ourselves up with Jesus. So when we're looking at Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, we're looking at the nature and will of God, all right? So he's not only the light that we need to see who God is clearly, but he's the light we need to see who we are in him. Okay, to see, because if you get a, a, a picture, if you can see who you are now in Christ, depression will go. It will. Discouragement will go. Joy will come. Peace will come. When you simply see what he's done for you and who you are now, not in heaven now, who you are now in Christ. All right. Let's look at John chapter 8 verse 12. We looked at this last week. Let's eat it some more. This is the nature of God speaking, right? This is God in the flesh. And he said this, I am, in John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Notice he didn't say he who comes to church. Right? Or he who prays all the time. He said, he who follows me. What's he talking about? Relationship. Do you mean you can come to church seven days a week and not have a relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Happens quite a bit. Right? He wants a relationship. He wants us to walk with him through each day. Jesus is the nature of God. Right? He is the will of God. Now listen, he said, I'm the light. What does he mean? Knowledge of God's true nature and will is light, right? Ignorance of God's true nature and will is darkness. So Jesus said, I'm the light. I am the nature of the Father. If you've seen me, 
You've seen the Father, right? So I'm the light that you need to know who God is, okay? So ignorance of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts is darkness. Ignorance of his nature and his will, all right? Faith in Jesus turns the light on. You remember that from last week? When you put your faith in the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, it turns the light on. But don't stop there. The knowledge of God's true nature and will will keep the light on. In other words, it's possible to have a, whatever you want to call it, a moment where you are reborn, a salvation experience, or an experience where you're delivered of something, and it can be amazing and life-changing, but if you don't grab a hold of the knowledge of what God has done for you, Satan can steal, kill, and destroy you. I mean, it's that knowledge of his love for me. It's learning the promises, learning what he's done for me that keeps me strong and makes me impervious to the enemy. Jesus said Satan had nothing in him. We say the same thing. He's got nothing in it because Jesus was sure of his father's love for him. He knew the nature and will of his father. When you know the nature and will of your heavenly father, Satan won't be able to play you anymore. All right? So thank God for those experiences that we have. But we don't want to be, live our life based on a moment. We want to live based on the reality of who he is because that doesn't go away. All right? So we're people who are grounded in the knowledge of him. All right? Now, this is the foundation of abundant life. Knowledge of him, who he is, and what he's done for us. Interesting, my family and I were watching a movie on Friday. It was an old movie called uh, African Queen. You guys ever seen that with Humphrey Bogart and uh, Catherine Hepburn, I think, right? But there was this missionary, and I'm not knocking anyone here. It's just interesting. This missionary uh, was in a film, and he was, he kind of, the, the Germans came in. It was 1914, start of World War I, and they burned up the, the, the village where he was a missionary, and he just kind of had a breakdown, you know. But he started talking about his, you know, how he was hoping to learn Hebrew and Greek and how he was studying and went to school to be a, a missionary. And, and, and as I'm watching, I'm thinking, to so many people, Christianity is a head thing. I've got to go to school. I've got to learn Hebrew and Greek. I've got to deg- get a degree in a seminary. But it's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. I'm not against learning. But we want to know the person of God in a relationship, just like a husband knows his wife. I didn't get a degree so I could be married to my wife. I got married to her by faith and love. Yeah, we have no degree certifying that we're married. We have a certificate, but what does that really mean? It's the love between us that is the, the, the qualification for our life together, right? Yeah. The same is true with Jesus. It's, our, it's His love for us. And it's our relationship with Him that, that stamps us with His seal, right? Amen. Hallelujah. So many Christians are living life discouraged, frustrated, depressed, 
and they don't know any way out of it. And the reason, they don't realize it, but the reason that they're discouraged and frustrated is they simply don't know how good God is. I'm serious. You say, is it that simple? Yes. And the reason they don't know how good God is, stay with me. We're going to get into some good stuff today. You awake? We doing okay? The reason they don't realize how good God is is because they've been basing what they believe about God on what a quote-unquote church or minister told them. Don't do that. Base what you believe about God on Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. All right? Or they're basing what they believe about God on what they've been through. And man, that's a sure way to get depressed. Listen, we've all been through bad, dark things. Why? We're living in a bad, dark world. We are. Satan is the God of this world. If you base what you believe about God on what you've been through, you're going to be confused. It's just simple. You're not going to know his nature. Okay? Just because you've been through it doesn't mean it was his will. We're going to see today that God is not controlling what's going on in the earth. He's not. He's not causing and he is not allowing bad things to happen. People will say, well, he doesn't cause it, but he allows it. No, he doesn't. He does not. That is ignorance of his true nature. We're going to see that in the scriptures. Can we look at that in the word? So I'll say it again. God is not causing, nor is he allowing bad things to happen in the earth. Okay? We're going to look at this in the Scripture. I know this is big because this is a a huge, dark idea that has trapped so many people from from being free. Okay? Hallelujah. Now, let's do this. God's Word is light, right? Jesus is the light. His Word is light. It's supernatural light. I mean, I'm talking if you will realize how good God is, the goodness of God will break the chains off the real you. Knowledge of his love for you, of his goodness, cause it's just a fountain of unstoppable life. And we're going to let it flow, baby. All right? Now, when God's word, when the Bible is taught properly, it brings light. It brings joy. Not condemnation. Not guilt. He wants you to know that righteousness is available to you through Jesus Christ. Religion has it backwards, I'm telling you. All right? So when the Bible is taught properly, it brings peace, strength, freedom, liberty, wholeness, healing. All right? That's why we're so happy here. So when God speaks, light comes. Right? In fact, His Word dispels darkness. Why, 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 why does light come when God speaks? Because that's what's inside of Him. Light. So when He speaks, it comes out of His mouth. Joy, peace, strength. 
In his presence is fullness of joy. In his person is fullness of joy. That fullness of joy that surrounds him comes from inside of him. Oh. Are you ready for this? Here's how God operates. He sees the solution inside of himself. And then he speaks it forth with his mouth. We're going to see this in Genesis. And this is how we're to operate. We see the solution, whatever need there might be, we see it on the inside of us. It's called faith. And then when we see it inside, we open up our mouth and we release it Amen. into the world. Yes. Stay with me. You're not sleeping, are you? No. You sure? Everyone say, hallelujah. All right, good. Because I don't want you to miss this. It's, this is not a new age philosophy. It's a simple Bible. All right? God believes and then he speaks. Do you remember in Jesus, who's the nature of God, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he said, what things soever you desire. Wow. This is Jesus talking. Not a religious minister. Jesus the Son of God. What things soever you desire. Wow. Might be a mighty long list. What thing? God's not afraid of what you desire. He loves you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Yes. What things soever you desire. I'm just quoting it if you want to look at it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. What things soever you desire when you pray... Believe that you have received them. What does that mean? You see it on the inside. I am, I have received it. Let me make it real. In my life, I've received healing from everything I've ever had. I was a very sick person. But when I started to learn what I'm sharing with you, I began to see myself healthy in my heart. Inside. I began to see myself running and jumping and exercising and having fun in here first as I was meditating on what Jesus did for me in the Scriptures. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. And I'm seeing it inside. And with me, it took about four to six months for that to register. But there was a time when the picture became clear and then I spoke it. And I released it into my life. Amen. Listen closely. Answers don't come by praying. They come by believing. Are you okay? I've heard over and over again, but I prayed about it. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Praying doesn't do it. There's a lot of religious, fearful, anxious prayer going on. That's not what the Bible teaches. Believing does it. Prayer, you you want to know what prayer is? It's fellowship with God. Now wait a minute now. It's fellowship with God. He is imparting His life to us. And he's, He's creating a clear picture inside of who we are in Him and what He has in store for us. That's prayer. And Paul said, do that all the time. Not, oh God, don't cry out. 
That's the religion teaches. Cry out louder. Pray harder. No. Believe. Believe. Let God give you a picture of the new you inside. That's what prayer does. Prayer gives you a new picture of yourself. And if you're not getting that, you're simply you're, you're, you're praying in ignorance. You can pray in ignorance. But an ignorant prayer doesn't work. Okay? Faith in Jesus works. Receiving his love for your works. Are we okay? We're not trying to insult anyone. We want people to be free. And people can try things for decades and, 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 and not get the answers, and they, they give up. Yeah. Praying is not prayer that works. It's believing that works, all right? So believing means I see it inside. I see it in my spirit. I see it in my heart. So if I don't see it, what do I do? I keep meditating on the promises of God in the Scriptures until that vision is formed inside of me. You might have to meditate on Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. And Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You might have to meditate on that for a while before you clearly see that inside. Okay? And man, when it becomes clear, you'll know. Yeah, you'll just know. You don't even have to say, how will I know? It's, boom, you'll know. It will be clear inside of you. And when that's clear, it'll come out of your mouth and you'll see it. You'll experience it. All right? Now, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. We looked last week, we're going to go back into Genesis. We had a good time in the Word last week. We looked at, that. we saw there was a major problem in Genesis, in chapter 1, verse 2. Before God created man, there was a major problem. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. This is, we're learning about our history, we're learning about who we are in Christ, how we operate, how our Father operates, Okay. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we saw that God created heaven and earth, right? Verse 1, 1, 1, Genesis. A perfect heaven and a perfect earth. But in verse 2, somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2, something terrible happened. All right? Let's put Genesis 1, 2 up there with the definitions. We read uh, several different translations last week. We're not going to go back into that. But listen, uh, can you put up the picture of our website real quick? I want you to know what's available to you at highwaychurch.us. We'll come back to this in a second. That's our website. It's just a landing page. But you see that row of buttons right there? You've got Facebook, Instagram. Uh, actually, YouTube channel is down, but we get, we get that back up. Vimeo. And then those two buttons on the right. You see the Apple button? If you use Apple products, you touch that button, and you can, uh, you'll get a you'll get access to all of our messages for free. It doesn't cost you whatsoever, all right, if you use Apple products. They're podcasts. You can listen to them. You can download them. You can share them. If you don't use Apple products, that orange button right there, you can click on that. That's our podcast button as well. So you have two ways of listening to our messages, okay, um, besides the live broadcasts on our Facebook feed. So if you click on that orange button, you go to our podcast button, no matter what kind of device you use, Apple or whatever, okay? And you can listen to every message we've ever given, all right? And it's free. And you can listen to it, you can download it, you can share it. So I want to I make, make, take advantage of this, okay? I, I just want you, although it is free to you, it was not free to me. 
Okay, and to those who are delivering. I'm not the only one delivering the message. We have Barry Bennett here. We have Joey Roberts. We have Debbie. We have Jennifer. We have uh, uh, Alan. Different people delivering the word. In other words, there, there is a sacrifice of praise in walking with the Lord. Because the devil doesn't want you to know him. There are religious people that will persecute you. So in other words, don't uh, take it. Realize the value of what's available to you is what I'm trying to say. It didn't come like that. Years and years and years and decades and decades uh, of Jesus enabled that to happen, all right? And while you got your phone out, you may as well follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well, all right? Let's get back to Genesis. Hallelujah. See, God needs people who are willing to walk with him, even at the expense of persecution. You know, it's funny. You think persecution comes to the world, in my experience, has been from believers, <laughs> pastors, ministers. I'm like, what? You don't expect that. It catches you off guard. You know, you're thinking, okay, you know, the world's going to, but, but man, I tell you, but you know what? You look at Jesus, you see he had the same issue, didn't it? It was the experts in the scriptures that called him demon-possessed. Okay, then. So we're just going to go with Jesus. Are you doing okay? Yes. Listen, I, you know I say some shocking things here, and you, you, hopefully if you're new here, you might not be used to it, but you will after a little while, so hang tight. All right, Genesis 1-2. This is, this is uh, we got the Living Bible here, the New American Standard, and the definitions put in. This is what Genesis 2, verse 2, chapter 1 says. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. Wow, what happened? And misery, destruction, death, and wickedness was over the surface of the deep. Wow. What happened between verse 1 and verse 2? These things are the antithesis of God. God doesn't have any death or misery or destruction to give to anyone. He doesn't have any chaos to give to anyone. He's pure light. He's pure love. He's pure life. He's pure joy. Those are the things he gives. So we learned last week that between verse 1 and verse 2, that Lucifer had, had deceived some of the other angels to rebel against God, and they were cast down to the earth as lightning. And they went down to the earth, and they wreaked havoc in the earth. They brought about chaos and destruction and death in the earth. And then we saw in verse, uh, the end of verse 2 that the Holy Spirit was brooding over the darkness. He's like, ah, this is contrary to my nature. Let's fix this, Father. Right? God the Father. Waiting for God to speak. This is so good. Hang with me. So what did God do to fix it? In verse 3. Well, I want you to understand this. Yes, he did spoke. But first, he saw the solution inside of himself. He saw a beautiful earth. He saw beautiful creatures in the sea and beautiful creatures on land. He saw beautiful fruit trees with no thorns, no briars. He saw people made in his image. He saw it inside of him first, then he opened up his mouth and he released it into the earth. Yes. Hallelujah. Look at verse 3 of Genesis 1. Then God said, let there be light. In the Hebrew he said, light be. And there was light. Interesting that word for light 
comes from a word in the Hebrew that, re, that means this. Are you ready? Illumination in every sense. Light be. Illumination in every sense. Joy, clarity, and glory come with this word. Joy in every sense be. Clarity and glory in every sense be. What is he doing? He's speaking his nature into the earth. He's releasing the knowledge of his nature and will into the earth. He's releasing his glory, his love, and his beauty into the earth. Verse 4. God saw that the light was good. And God, look at this now, God separated the light from the darkness. That word separate means to distinguish. God made a very clear distinction between him and Satan in the earth. Darkness didn't go away. It was still in the earth. Right? Didn't say he removed darkness. said he separated it. He made a very clear distinction between him and Satan in the earth. He made sure that all of creation knew the difference between his nature and Satan's nature. Why did he have to do that? Because Satan is a deceiver. Satan tries to turn God's creation against him. Against its creator. He perverts creation. That's how he operates. Verse 5, God called the light day. We're going to come back to that word day and the word night. So hold on to that. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Remember, the stars weren't created yet. Right? Sun and moon weren't there. That's not until day four. So the light that is in the earth is the knowledge of God's nature and will. His glory and His beauty. That's what's illuminating everything. Nothing in the sky. Amazing, isn't it, to think about? Nothing in the sky at this point. Just His glory. Now, Because God did this, it was now very clear to all of creation who he was and who the devil was. Because you know Satan had been saying all kinds of things. That's how he does, right? He turned some angels against him and he was trying to pervert other things. And because listen, the light, the knowledge of God was governing the day and the night. God intended our days to be governed by His nature, not by darkness. All right? The word day here, do you want to know what that word means? He said, called the light day. It means full, F-U-L-L. Continual, always, wholeness. Who I am is wholeness. Full and continual. The word night, you want to know what that word means? It means a twist away from the light. Adversity. That's the enemy. He twists the light, right? He twists things. He twists it to pull people away from it. 
Right? We doing okay? You guys with me? All right, well, we're getting there. We're almost there. We're going to learn that God does not cause nor does He allow bad things to happen in the earth. All right? All right. Let's, let's see here. Now, we're not going to read it for time's sake, day two through six, but let's just review. God's Word establishes His presence, right? God's Word establishes His authority, His authorship, right? He is the source of life. He's the source of wholeness. God's Word brings what kind of things? Good things. That's all God has to give is goodness. He doesn't have anything bad to give. All right. So in day two, God creates this firmament, this separation, this sky, and He moves the waters above and the waters beneath, and it was good, not bad. Right? Day three, He separates the waters from the dry land. Dry land appears. You've got earth and sea on day three, right? Then He speaks, and grass and herbs and fruits and vegetables just blossom in the earth. And that was good, right? You realize at this point there were no thorns, no briars, no weeds. Yeah, sometimes we just think this stuff happens, like, well, that's the way it always was. No. All that stuff came up with a curse. No thorns, no briars, no weeds in the earth. No need for Scott's treatment. Four-step treatment. Yeah. Day four. He speaks and blazing balls of fire appear in the sky. Stars, right? Love it. And it's good. The sun, the moon. Day five, he speaks. And living creatures burst forth in the sea. Dolphins, an octopus, and whales. And they didn't attack and eat each other. They lived off the vegetation of the sea. Did you know that? This attacking didn't come till after the curse. Day six, he speaks, and, and living creatures burst forth from the earth, cheetahs and, and eagles and hawks and lions, and they did not attack and eat each other. They lived off the vegetation of the earth. Okay? Lastly, the most significant thing the most significant thing I think that God had done other than speaking His Word and prior to Christ's coming, He does in day six. He creates beings in His exact likeness and image. This is the final step in His solution, in the implementation of His nature in the earth. He creates mankind, and He says it's good. So man was created to represent him in the earth, right? To act on his behalf in the earth and to ensure that light continued to reign over darkness. Now, let's go to Genesis. We're already in Genesis 1. Let's, let's see. Let's go to verse 26. But before we start reading this, we've got to take our religious goggles off. Can we do that together? Shh, religious goggles are off. Wrote about those religious earbuds. Get them out. All right? We got to do it. You got to shake off sometimes the, the traditions and the things you've heard because we need to be, have fresh hearing. All right? We, we need the life of Jesus. This is life, okay? Now, sometimes, 
you know, we, we, we've read Genesis before. We read certain things. We can, we can talk about God in a casual way. Like he's just someone else that I know. Well, he is someone that I know, but he's different than anyone else I know. Okay? He's God. And we can talk about the things of God in a casual way. But I want you to think about something before we read. The God that we're reading about has no beginning. Think about that. He has no beginning? <laughs> Everyone else does. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> He's always everywhere at the same time. <laughs> He's always known everything about everything and everyone. He's never done a research paper. He's never learned anything. This is who we're talking about. <laughs> He's never once been tired. He's never even taken a cat nap. Isn't that amazing? He's perfect life and power Amen. now this is one of the characteristics about God that I cherish he does not give to you as the world gives Amen. this is very important before we read Genesis you understand it Jesus said this can we put John 14 27 we'll come back John 14 27 the nature of God is speaking and look what he says. This is very powerful. He says peace. The word means wholeness, well-being, prosperity. I leave with you. Why? Because it's a dark world. You're going to need an internal source of life. And I'm giving it to you. You're not going to find what I give you in this world. It's enemy territory. Peace I leave with you. My wholeness, my health. My well-being, my prosperity, I give you. Look at this line. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Well, how does the world give? Lots of strings attached, Right? You, the, the world will give you something, but then a little time goes by, and they'll say, you need to call, and, hey, you remember when I did that for you? Well, now I need you to do this for me because I did that for you. Well, I, I can't do that. Oh, you can't. Well, I did that for you when you needed something. Manipulation, strings. We're used to that. God's not like that. Very important to understand that. Listen closely. God does not give to you based on what you might or might not do with what He gives. Huh? That's like foreign to us, right? I mean, as I was praying about this, this message, the Lord brought the prodigal son parable to mind. Debbie shared on that a few weeks ago. 
And boy, I never, I don't know that I ever looked at it in this way as a picture of God and Adam. See, the prodigal son went to his father and said, I want my inheritance now. And what did the father do? Well, that's very selfish of you. I'm not going to give in to such selfishness. What are you going to do with it? No. He gave it to him, not based, he, gave, he actually gave it to both of his sons. And he gave it to them, not based on their character. Not based on what they might do with it. But based on his love for them. And God is that way. If you don't understand this, you're not going to understand His nature. We're doing okay. In fact, Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man. <sighs> Thank God. He doesn't give like man gives. He gives with no strings attached. Wow. No matter what you do with it. Doesn't matter. He gives because He loves you. Yes. Period. Yes. You can spit in His face, blow whatever He gives you, but it doesn't. He, 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 it's yours. He loves you. Yes. God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should change His mind. Does He speak? Yeah, why would, if you know everything, why would you ever need to change your mind? Right? Does He speak and then not act? No. <laughs> Does he promise and not fulfill? These would be rhetorical questions, wouldn't they? <laughs> of course not. God is always true to his word. These are things you've got to know when you read the Bible. That's why we're not just reading Genesis 126 yet. God's word is his bond. When God gives you his word, he gives you himself. He will never renege on a promise. Never. It's just who He is. So when you begin to understand God's nature, it's gonna, you're going to start to see, wait a minute, God is not causing, nor is He allowing bad things to happen in the earth. He's not controlling the earth. He's not controlling man. He's not controlling Satan. The Bible doesn't teach any of those things. Man's religion teaches that. God is not a control freak. <laughs> He's not insecure and afraid of what you might do if He gives you too much. I, I can just feel things breaking loose here. Amen. God is not a micromanager. Are you doing that right? You're doing that? Oh, take that back. Nope, oh, you're not doing that. Oh, yeah, you're, no. That's not how he operates. So in Genesis 1.26, God is about to do something that is unparalleled. Never happened before. He's going to create beings in his class. Think of the magnitude of this. Angels weren't in his image. We're going to see that in the scriptures in just a minute. I mean, only God could do this. You don't do this on a whim. 
with limited knowledge. And sometimes that's how we think God did it. Okay, like he's like in that, one of those sci-fi movies. He's like this nutty professor trying to fix the world's problems, right? And oh, that didn't work. No. He's perfect love and wisdom. And he's creating beings in his class. God is love. And he created love beings. Listen closely. Real love requires real freedom. This is why so many misunderstand God. They don't know what real love is. Real love is not a micromanager. Real love requires real freedom. Listen, if God created man, if He created beings that were forced to do His will, or that He had to control, they would not be made in His image. They'd be like computers or robots or something. He didn't do that. We are totally free. Free from His control and anyone else's. We are. Isn't this amazing? I mean, you've got to be secure to do this. Create beings in your class, in your image. Now, obviously, God, in one sense, He's all by Himself. He's the only true and living God. But He did make us in His image. He has no beginning. We do, right? There's a risk with real love and real freedom. But love loves anyway. <laughs> I don't love someone based on what I think they might or might not do for me. Or might or might not do in their life. Love loves anyway. And God gives them authority over all of his creation. Man was second in command. Next only to God. This is just the Bible. In fact, let's look at Psalm 8. We're going to get to Genesis 1 in just a second. Look at Psalm 8. This is amazing. God gave man authority over all of his creation, including angels, including Satan, including demons. Genesis chapter, as you started, who would the porky pig's back? Psalm. <laughs> Verse 8, Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouth of infants and nursing babes. You have established strength because of your adversaries. Where are God's adversaries? In the earth, right? Satan and his devils. To make the enemy and the revengeful cease. A little baby that puts their faith in Jesus is more than a match for the devil, right? Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Now we're going to read verse 5 out of the New American Standard. says, yet you have made him a little lower than God, Elohim, in the Hebrew. You might have 
a translation that says than angels. That is wrong. You telling me there are errors in English translations? Yes. Yes. How do you know? You study the scriptures. Right? You study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See, in the New Testament, we learn that we're going to actually judge angels. He didn't create us lower than the angels. We're going to judge them. Hebrews tells us they're our servants. So the correct translation is here. You've made them a little lower than God. Okay? And you crown Him with glory and majesty. Who's glory and majesty? God's. You make Him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under His feet. Wow. This is who you are now. This is who you are. You'll live differently when you know this. You won't respond to situations and circumstances and people the same way anymore. Now let's read Genesis 1. We doing okay? Come on, we need jumping jack or two, something. Woo! We're awake. This is good. Isn't this good? We're being changed. Light is shining. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing more of Christ to us every time we gather. And God said, light is speaking. And he said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have what? Do you know what that word means? Sovereignty. Oh boy, the theology police are on red alert now. We're just reading the Bible. God gave man sovereignty over all his creation. That doesn't mean that God is not sovereign. He's the sovereign of sovereigns. He didn't lose anything. His position is fixed. But in his perfect wisdom, in his sovereignty... He gave man sovereignty over all creation, no strings attached. He doesn't give that way. Didn't we read that? Yes. We got we to stay with Jesus on this. He doesn't give that way. This wasn't based on whether he fell or not. It was based on God's love for him. All right? You'll treat people differently when you think this way. We'll stop trying to force people to, to, to do what we think is right and love them. That's what people think of when they don't, they don't want to come to church because they're, they're just going to tell me how bad I am. I don't want to hear that either. I want, to hear, I want to hear that I have hope, that I have a way out of this, that there's life available to me. We don't need Einstein to tell us how bad we are, Right? We know we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've never read the Bible, we've come to church. We just know inside we need help, right? But we, what we don't know is how much God loves us. That's what people need to hear when they come to church. That's what changes lives. So he, let, he said, let them have sovereignty over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing which would include Satan and his devils, right? Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. Wow. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
Verse 27 says this uh, in the Living Bible. So God made man like his maker, like God did make man. Man and maid did he make them. Wow. Verse 28 in the King James. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. He's speaking life to them. He's empowering them, right? And subdue it. What does subdue mean? Bring under the control of. Well, listen. If, if God's will happened automatically in the earth, there'd be no need to subdue anything. God wouldn't have had to said that. But why, why are so many ministers and churches teaching that everything that happens is God's will? Darkness. Ignorance of His nature. God told man to subdue darkness. Because God's will does not happen automatically in the earth. Jesus knew that when He came to earth. He knew He was in enemy territory. He knew Satan was the God of this world. He knew He had to take authority over devils and sickness and disease. He didn't walk around expecting God's will to automatically happen in His life. Nor should we. We need to be engaged with Christ. Strong in Him. Speaking His word over our lives. Knowing we're in enemy territory. Remember, I, and, and I'm telling you, if you come here, don't ever let it come out of your mouth, everything that happens for a reason. I want to eradicate that thinking from believers. What's implied by saying everything that happens for a reason is that God's somehow behind everything. And no, He's not. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere, anyhow. God is not behind everything that's happening. Right? There are, there, are, there are strategies of the devil to take you out. And the thing that might have just happened in your life may have been a strategy of the enemy to take you down. How do I know what's from God and what's not from God? John 10.10 10. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What category does it fit in? Life abundantly or stealing, killing, and destroying? If it's in that category, it's not from your Father. It's that simple. It's that simple. Hallelujah. Jesus is the dividing line, right? Verse 28. Or we just, we, yeah, let's read a full verse now. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, sovereignty, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Man was made in God's image to operate like God operates. So this is who we are in Christ. God made us to see it inside first. This is where the power is, not out here. To be, that's what believing is. Believing is seeing it inside first. Okay? I really feel that's something we need to grab a hold of today. Believing is seeing it inside first. If you don't see it, fill yourself with the promises of God until you do. And once you see it, then release it with your mouth. It might take months or weeks. I don't know. We're all different places, different things going on. But get that, get that picture inside. See it inside first. Then speak. Okay? Genesis 2.7. Oh, wow, this is so good. We're going to have to finish up here, but let me get this in. 
So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, this is how we're made now. God made us in His image, right? This is just the Bible we're reading. We're not trying to create some kind of new doctrine or new religious group. Now look at this. This is so powerful. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, The Lord God, uh, uh, Jehovah Elohim, formed man of the dust of the ground. And look at this. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The only being he did it with. Right? God, that's intimacy. He breathed into man his spirit. And man became, it says in the King James, a living soul. Now, interesting. You know the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. I've come across some rabbinic translations, which are translations by Hebrew rabbis. Uh, the Kumash, the Targum Jonathan, the Targum Onkelos, that translated this way, and man became a speaking spirit. Or, and man became a discoursing spirit. Think about that for a second. We're the only ones that have the ability to reason, to consider things, and then to come to a conclusion and speak forth that conclusion. Animals can't do that. We're the only ones that can do that because we're made in His image. So Proverbs 18.20, last verse for today, 18.20 and 21, says this, With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Wow. If you have stomach problems, start speaking to your digestive system. Digestive system, you work perfectly in Jesus' name. Acid reflux, you are put on Jesus on the cross. My digestive system yes, works perfectly. Yes. From the lips down. Yes. In and out. Yes, yes. Entry, coming and going. Yes. I'm blessed coming and going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I never thought of it that way before. Okay then. Yeah. Spirit has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> he will be satisfied with the product. So there's a factory that produces things inside of us, heart and mouth, with the product of this factory of his lips. Look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Notice it doesn't say in the hand of the sovereign God. He didn't make us that way. Death and life are in the power of my tongue for my life. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Boy, we're going to have to stop here. We're going to continue next week. But this is so good. And you're starting to see already that God is not in control of the earth. He gave sovereignty to man over the earth. And we're going to see next week what happened. Satan stole that sovereignty. One translation says it exactly that way, that Satan seized the sovereignty that God gave to man. And Satan then became the one who was in dominion, who had sovereignty over the earth. 
That's when the thorns and the briars and the death and the sickness came into the earth and the tornadoes and the Z, okay? We're going to see that next week. We simply just don't have time to do it. All right, how are we doing, okay? Good. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's uh, praise Him. Father, we love You. Thank You for who You are. Lord, You're unlike anyone we know. You're, you're God. You have no beginning. Your perfect love. You don't give as the world gives. And boy, do we need your love in our lives. We need you. And we receive you, all that you are in our lives. We receive your love for us this morning, Lord God. Thank you for loving us with a perfect love. Thank you for loving us with no strings attached. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's here this morning. And anyone listening online, either through this live broadcast or through the podcast to follow, Holy Spirit, I ask you to open eyes, the eyes of every heart listening, that they would see how good you are. That they would see how much the Father loves them. That they would know what you have provided for them through the sacrifice of your Son. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the the revelation of your love for us this morning, for your word that's been planted in our hearts, and we ask your Holy Spirit to cause it to, to burgeon and blossom in us. Take us higher, Lord, into the fullness of your joy, into the fullness of your destiny and plan for our lives. We're not looking back anymore. We're going all the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.